Holy Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the privilege to be among the living today. Please consecrate us to your service, Lord. Grant us the gift of your Holy Spirit. Put your words in my mouth, Lord, and grant me grace to speak life to our souls. I pray, Father, that you also impress on our hearts the special truths that you want us to learn that at the end we may be proper representatives of you on this earth in jesus name i have prayed amen conflict and courage february 26 a bitter prize he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears hebrews chapter 12 verse 17 no sooner had jacob left his father's tent than esau entered though he had sold his birthright and confirmed the transfer by a solemn oath he was now determined to secure its blessings regardless of his brother's claim with the spiritual was connected the temporal birthright which would give him the headship of the family and possession of a double portion of his father's wealth. These were blessings that he could value. Esau had lightly valued the blessing while it seemed within his reach, but he desired to possess it now that it was gone from him forever. All the strength of his impulsive, passionate nature was aroused and his grief and rage were terrible. He cried with an exceeding bitter cry, Bless me, even me also, O my father. The birthright, which he had so carelessly bartered, he could not now regain. For one morsel of meat, for a momentary gratification of appetite, that had never been restrained, Esau sold his inheritance. But when he saw his folly, it was too late to recover the blessing. Esau was not shut out from the privilege of seeking God's favor by repentance, but he could find no means of recovering the birthright. His grief did not spring from conviction of sin. He did not desire to be reconciled to God. He sorrowed because of the results of his sin but not for the sin itself. Repentance includes sorrow for sin and a turning away from it. We shall not renounce sin unless we see its sinfulness. Until we turn away from it in heart, there will be no real change in the life. There are many who fail to understand the true nature of repentance. Multitudes sorrow that they have sinned and even make an outward reformation because they fear that their wrongdoing will bring suffering upon themselves. But this is not repentance in the Bible sense. They lament the suffering rather than the sin. Such was the grief of Esau when he saw that the birthright was lost to him forever. Amen. The title of our devotion for today 
is a bitter price a bitter price and we are continuing to look at the events that took place in the house of Isaac where Jacob practiced deception and stole the birthright from his brother Esau today we are focusing on Esau's response to that deception but first of all we just need to look at this family feud itself and its consequences yesterday we saw that for Rebecca and Jacob it was an unnecessary thing that they did even if they felt that the blessing of the birthright was going to go to Esau two wrongs do not make a right we cannot justify evil acts by claiming that we had good intentions we cannot do that and you see that the end does not justify the means it doesn't their act was unnecessary they could have trusted in God but look at the consequence Rebecca never saw the face of Jacob again what a very sad and bitter end to what they did and Jacob never saw his mother again because of the annoyance and anger of Esau when Esau found out what had taken place that Jacob had practiced deception and had received the blessing instead of himself he was annoyed and swore that he was going to kill Jacob once his father died but not while his father was alive Rebekah herself said she repented of what she had done and now she told Jacob to leave the house not to marry anyone from Canaan because Esau's wives were a terror to her it says in the book of Genesis chapter 27 reading from verse I read from verse 38 and Esau said unto his father has thou but one blessing my father bless me even me also my father and Esau lifted up his voice and wept and Isaac his father answered and said unto him behold thy dwelling shall be fatness the fatness of the earth and of the dew of heaven from above and by thy sword shall thou live and shall serve thy brother and it shall come to pass when thou shall have the dominion that thou shall break his yoke from off thy neck and Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing wherewith his father blessed him and Esau said in his heart the days of mourning for my father are at hand then will I slay my brother Jacob and these words of Esau her elder son were told to Rebekah and she sent and called Jacob her younger son and said unto him behold thy brother Esau as touching thee doth comfort comfort himself purposing to kill thee now therefore my son obey my voice and arise flee thou to Laban my brother to Haran and tarry with him a few days until thy brother's fury turn away until thy brother's anger turn away from thee and he forget that which thou hast done to him then i will send and fetch thee from thence why should i be deprived also of you both in one day and rebecca said to isaac i am weary of my life because of the daughters of heth if jacob take a wife of the daughters of heth such as these which are of the daughters of the land what good shall my life do to me so from here we get a bigger 
picture into what was going on in the family of Isaac. Those daughters of Heth that Esau married into the family of Isaac were a thorn in the flesh of Rebekah. And remember that we read before that it was a cause of grief to them. Esau was careless in what he did in marrying those ladies and his parents couldn't do anything about it but it was a trouble to them. And now this sad situation is taking place that Jacob has to leave the house. It's not just a bitter price to pay for Esau but also a bitter price to pay for Jacob and his mother Rebekah who practiced deception. The bitter price was that Jacob himself had to leave and he wouldn't know. He thought he was going to see his mother again. The mother also said, I'll fetch for you thinking that she'll see him again. But no, that was not how it happened. He never saw his mother and the mother never saw him again. She never fetched for him because she died before Jacob even returned. And funny enough, Isaac, who was supposed to die, thought he was going to die. How many years? Up to almost 20 years later, he was still alive when Jacob came back. Indeed, it doesn't pay to practice the deception. But more than that is the life of Esau. He had a more bitter price to pay for what he did. But the, if we go to the background of what was going on in this family, why the things happened this way, it's something we have not really touched on. And it is the issue of partiality in the home. Partiality is the problem. Isaac was partial, so also was Rebekah. They had favorites. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. All those things were just what was causing the problem in the home. James chapter 2, reading from verse 1, says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. If we read it in Bible in basic English, it says, My brothers, if you have the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ of glory, do not take a man's position into account and in verse 4 it says when we do this are you not partial in yourselves and you have become judges of evil thoughts verse 8 and 9 says if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself you do well but if you have respect to persons you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors i'll take it again in bible in basic english there it says but if you keep the greatest law of all, as it is given in the holy writings, have love for your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you take a man's position into account, you do evil and are judged as evil doers by the law. The Bible says it is a sin to show partiality. What is partiality? It is injustice, that's what it is. Putting people's position, men's position, and showing favoritism in making decisions. In the family of Jacob, in the family of Isaac, we see that that was taking place. Isaac loved Esau. Rebekah loved Jacob. Do we have families today? Let us be just in our dealings. You may have so-called favorites in your children, but let that not influence your decisions. Apparently, the decisions of the family of the parents were being influenced by their partial uh, thinking or love. And especially in the case of Isaac, knowing very well he was supposed to judge injustice, still went ahead to do something he wasn't supposed to do as the father of the home, knowing very well his son Esau had already gone away from the right path. 
marrying two wives and not even of the right kind of people practicing polygamy and all these things he did not being religious not caring about the law of God in doing these things he knew quite all right that this young man wasn't supposed to be the one even the the time they were giving birth to it was clear but because of his partiality he did something he wasn't supposed to do if we have partiality in our homes it's going to cause a feud parents do not show partiality deal with justice and judgment i remember for those who have perhaps only one son or only one daughter be very careful because you would feel obliged many parents feel oh let us treat them and pet them treat them differently from their brethren not knowing that you are causing a problem just because the younger the other children cannot tell you anything but you have no idea the the the, the rifts and trouble you are causing in the mind of the other children who are observing your partiality children are very sensitive to injustice and oppression and when they see it because they cannot do anything against it it builds up in the mind and it causes problems and you never know how far it can go are you already doing it in your home please stop it give to your children equally the things that they deserve and let it be justified do not say oh i will not discipline this child when you know you are supposed to discipline the child and then the other one who you are not who you don't love as much then you will discipline that one children take note of these things and they wonder hmm when it is my turn this will happen but if because it is this person it's not happening the same way for the person the permissions given to this child the liberty is more than that given to me because that one is loved more than i am loved you see children are sensitive to these things so we should be careful in the decisions made in the home partiality was a problem in the house of isaac and it is a sign of weakness in his character by the way because if isaac was had a firm character even though he loved esau he would have still made the right decision it is not a character of god to be partial that character is a sign of weakness it's a defect in the character that we must war against so that's one lesson and again we look at the lesson of uh, the situations there's something the bible really warns us against there there are two situations that we are warned to be wary of falling into when we read the book of hebrews 12. in hebrews 12 reading from verse 14 to 17 it says follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the lord looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled lest there be any fornicator or profane person as esau who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright for you know that afterward when he would have inherited the blessing he was rejected for he found no place of repentance though he sought it carefully with tears amen so here in the book of hebrews 12 the bible tells us follow holiness without which which no man shall see the lord and while following holiness we are told beware of these two things one of them look diligently lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and many be defiled where does bitterness come from there have been various ways in the house of esau in the house of isaac we saw that bitterness came from what 
uh, Jacob did in deceiving his father, a root of bitterness came up. And indeed, it was going to defile many. But more than that, we, got, we are told further and warned, lest there be any fornicator among you or profane person like Esau who sold his birthright for one morsel of meat. The Bible warns us against this character of Esau and calls him a profane person, a fornicator. You see that Esau's life was a terrible one. Even for the Bible to call him a fornicator, you can see marrying two wives. And though the Bible doesn't tell us before he married that he was a fornicator, but apparently here, the Bible is saying so. A profane person, a fornicator, sold his birthright for a morsel of meat. How lightly he regarded it. Carelessly battered his birthright. And that's what the Bible is warning us against. That we should not carelessly like Esau treat lightly the spiritual blessings the Lord gives to us. It is not every sin that someone commits that makes it look like you're selling your birthright. But when we come to a position where we have to make a decision between the heritage that God has given to us and earthly or worldly blessings and we choose the worldly blessing. The Lord is taking note of it. And as it was written for Esau, thus Esau sold his birthright or despised his birthright. The Lord takes note of our decisions. When we choose the world above him, the material things of the world, for Esau it was ordinary food, just food. And he lightly regarded his birthright and even swore by an oath that the birthright should be taken to taken by um, Jacob and he would just take a morsel of meat because he understood that the birthright that Isaac uh, that um, Jacob was looking for was the spiritual birthright were it to be the temporal things that is the wealth and all Esau would not even trade that what he wanted actually was the earthly possessions he was not interested in the spiritual birthright at all and even when he was crying bitterly to his father Isaac, it was not because of the possessions, uh, the spiritual blessings that he was crying, but rather it was because of the possessions. It was because of the material things, the wealth of his father that he was weeping. Neither was he weeping because of a change, because he felt that uh, his life was a bad one, but rather it was because of the results, the things he lost that he was crying. The Lord did not shut him out from repentance, that is repentance towards God, but he had made his decision. In Conflict and Courage, page 63, paragraph 4, we are told the birthright which he had so carelessly battered, he could not now regain. So what do we read in uh, Hebrews 12, verse 17 that says he found no place of repentance? It is not saying that Esau for the rest of his life could never repent from his sins, no the door was still open for Esau to repent. He could repent from his sins. That was not the issue. It is the birthright that he found no place to get again. That is what the Bible is saying, that he found no place for repentance. Because if you look at it in verse 17, it says, For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, it's not saying when he would have changed his life. There's a difference between when he would have changed his life to become a better person then he found no place for repentance no it is saying when he would have inherited the blessing he was rejected for he found no place of repentance so god didn't shut the door on esau like he couldn't repent again no he could but the decision he made 
even if he repents of his sins, he had already lost it. He had already made the decision. The opportunity had left him. He had sold his birthright and he was not going to get it again. So, you can't have your cake and eat it. Esau wanted to have his cake and still eat it. How was he going to take... He also himself wanted to cheat uh, Jacob to an extent because if he got the birthright, what was he going to tell Jacob after he had told Jacob that he swore to him that he was going to get it? So what was he going to do? He would laugh at his younger brother and say, I was just joking that day or something. So he also was indeed a profane person. And talking about his repentance, as as I just said now, it was his opportunity that was gone forever. He could be forgiven, but could not be reinstated to the position that he was in earlier. Ministry of Healing, page 397, paragraph 2 tells us, Life is mysterious and sacred. It is the manifestation of God himself, the source of all life. Precious are its opportunities and earnestly should they be improved. Once lost, they are gone forever. Once we lost the precious opportunities of life, they are gone forever. I am reminded of the opportunities that come to us on a daily basis. Some of us, the Lord is gracious to us and brings his message to us and calls us to do a work for him and begs, will you do this for me? And we consider and say, oh, I have a worldly pursuit that I am going after. I cannot do it. The opportunity is gone. The God, God will go to someone else to ask the person. It is very important. You see, Jacob was not wholly a righteous person. It's not about how righteous they were. But it's about taking the opportunity above the temporal blessings. Jacob himself had faults, lots of them defects of character in himself. But in his heart, he valued the spiritual blessing and was willing to take hold of it, not giving excuses. The Lord calls many of us and gives us opportunities to serve him, opportunities to be his children. He's not saying that you must be the holiest person in this world, but many of us, we push away the opportunity and say, we have something else that we are doing. You know, when Jesus was giving the parable of the wedding feast and a a man who was making a feast sent his servants to call many for that uh, feast to come and eat. It says, all things are ready. The Bible says, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. And one say, I just bought a cow for oxen. I need to go and check it. Another one says, I bought a land and I need to go and check the land. Another one said, I just married. I cannot come. And the, the man, the servant went back to the master and told him what they said. The Bible says the master of the house was angry and went to the told the servant to go to the highways and byways and call the maimed, the halt and blind to the feast and those ones were called and he said those who were called earlier and did not respond that they would be punished greatly and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth opportunities lost are gone forever when we don't take hold of them esau had great opportunities before him he lost it and it was gone forever The Lord brings before us opportunities to be his children, to be heirs of his kingdom, to be ministers for him on this earth, representatives. Sometimes we hear the call to us, come and do a work. There's work to be done for the Lord. And many of us will rather choose the earthly things we are chasing after and say, oh, I cannot come. And we make it look like, oh, it's a sanctimonious excuse we are giving. This work is for holy people. 
and I'm not worthy. Mm. The Lord will qualify you if you come. He's in, he, he knew who you were before he called you. So remember those who are called, the he also sanctified. So if he calls you, you should respond in whatever way you are. And the Lord will qualify you. But if in our hearts we reject the things that the Lord is calling us to do, we reject his message, and sometimes he's calling us to a life of holiness, calling us every time, in fact, to a life of righteousness. And we make our decision like even, what's his name, Judas. Like Judas did the same thing. You either choose to remain a disciple of Jesus or choose to sell him for 30 pieces of silver. Many, many like Judas sell the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. And we choose to sin against the Lord rather than to follow on to know the Lord. But once these opportunities are gone, it's gone forever. Esau chose his indulgence over the birthright and there was no room for repentance for him. He wanted the blessings of obedience without being obedient. Therefore, when he saw the blessings withheld from him, he wept, not because he was sorry for his sins, but because he wasn't going to get the blessings he desired and he craved. There was no repentance in Esau's heart. He was never changing. And rightfully, the Lord would never have given him the spiritual blessing. So, what is repentance? We read in the devotion that Esau's repentance was one where he was weeping for the consequences of the sin, but not for the sin itself. So, how do we know what true repentance is? True repentance is a gift from God, which we are to crave and desire. In Psalms 51, reading the prayer of David after he had been convicted in his heart of the sin of killing Uriah and taking his wife Bathsheba and even having slept with Bathsheba also. You see that prayer there where David starts by saying, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. For I acknowledge my sin. So true repentance includes acknowledging of the sin. Also, he says, And my sin is ever before me. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And he prays, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You see that David's prayer is not saying, Please don't take my life. Don't remove me from being king. He's not looking at the consequences. He's not weeping because of the temporal blessings that he's losing but rather he's interested in the spiritual things he says there take not thy holy spirit from me restore unto me the joy of salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit deliver me from blood guiltiness O god thou god of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness we are told in steps to christ page 24 paragraph 3 paragraph 3 says a repentance such as this is beyond the reach of our own power to accomplish. It is obtained only from Christ, who ascended upon high and has given gifts unto men. So it's not something that we can conjure by ourselves. It is the Lord that gives us repentance by His Spirit. We do not choose to repent whenever we want to and just repent as we like. Reading the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 to 11, it gives us the characteristics of true repentance, which Esau did not have. And even we should check our hearts and see whether we really have true repentance towards God for our sins. 
it says now i rejoice not that you were made sorry but that you sorrowed to repentance for ye were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of but the sorrow of the world worketh death so two sorrows here godly sorrow so one thing that precedes repentance is sorrow for sin godly sorrow worketh repentance and that's why in our devotion we read that repentance includes sorrow for sin and a turning away from it we shall not renounce sin unless we see its sinfulness until we turn away from it in heart there will be no real change of life that's complete and courage page 63 paragraph 6 and that's why we see in the bible passage here uh, godly repentance includes sorrow for sin here in second uh, corinthians 7 verse 10 it says godly sorrow walks repentance to salvation not to be repented of salvation means what turning away from your sin to be removed from your sins and that's what godly sorrow does it does a work in us that brings salvation and salvation means to be delivered from sin to turn away from sin but the sorrow of the world worketh death the sorrow that Esau had is the one that doesn't work repentance but the one that works death now let us see further what the characteristics of true repentance is second corinthians 7 reading from verse 11 now says for behold this self same thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort what carefulness it wrought in you yea what clearing of yourselves yea what indignation yea what fear yea what vehement desire yea what zeal yea what revenge in all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter true repentance will be followed by these things if we are truly repented about an act that we have committed then it will create sorrow for sin in our hearts which the lord will take away our remorse and guilt but some actions will take place it says that we will now be careful what carefulness we'll be careful about that matter not to go back into it we won't be careless true repentance makes us careful it also makes us to want to clear ourselves to ensure that we don't go back to that thing again we start to check from cause to effect what was it that led me to this sin and then knowing what caused it we try to remove all the causes because the bible says if your right hand causes you to sin cut it off so this thing leads us to zealously become careful zealously we start to clear ourselves and then it says here yeah, what indignation that means we hate the sin we now see the sin for what it really is its exceeding sinfulness is brought to our eyes and then it says what fear our reverence for god becomes greater we begin to see things in a different light and then vehement desire and revenge in all things what does the revenge mean the bible talks about revenging our disobedience it so that this revenge now it's talking about tracing our steps to find out what are the things what are the things that this my sin has cost let me try to undo them true repentance talks about restitution as far as possible if you are truly repentant you won't just relax and say mm, whatever the consequences have been in the past it's in the past let me just leave it alone you will try your best to try and undo what you have done whatever the losses it has incurred on someone or on yourself you feel so sorry for it that you want to make things even better 
Have you lied or gossiped or slandered someone? You will try to do your best to re- to correct the impression that you have made in the eyes of the other people and tell them, no, what I said was wrong. The Bible talks about the thief returning what he has stolen. Look at Zacchaeus when he was truly repentant. He said, nobody forced him. He said by himself that he was going to return four times all he had stolen from people and he did it. That was true repentance. True repentance doesn't talk about their position. If Zacchaeus was not repentant, he wouldn't uh, want to give to those whom he had stolen from. He was willing to to lose like the devil, not like the devil who wasn't willing to lose. He, 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 he lost his position but wanted his position back. That's all he wanted. If we are truly repentant, like the man in the, the story, the prodigal son, the prodigal son came back and wasn't requesting to be the son again. He was saying, please let me be a servant. If you are truly repentant, you wouldn't be saying, oh, give me back my former position where I was before. But you will know that not deserving it, you will look at it as a privilege to be restored to the position where you were. David did not see the throne as something to fight for. Even when his son Absalom wanted to take the king, the throne from him and wanted to be king, David ran away. Not that he couldn't fight, but he knew that he didn't deserve to be king. He knew every day of his life that it was of the Lord's message that he was still a king. To fight back now would have been not to understand the mercies of God and so he ran. It was his soldiers who fought for him. Not that he couldn't fight, but he knew very well that his sins had made him to be in the position that he was. If we are truly repentant, we will not open our mouths to talk about other people's sins because our sin will ever be before us. Not that we will feel sorrow and remorse all the rest of our lives, but when you remember what the Lord has forgiven you, you will keep your mouth shut when you see other people's sin and you will know, I have been there before. The Lord has also forgiven me and I will not go talking about others as though I myself have no sin in my life. We need to have true repentance. Only God can give us this true repentance. We need to pray for it. We need to ask it, ask for it because we cannot do it of ourselves. So, like David, we can pray that the Lord should not take his spirit from us. Not like Esau. We shouldn't be concerned about temporal blessings. That's what Esau was concerned about. But we should be concerned about the spiritual things. So, I pray that God will help us to really experience true repentance from our own sins because some of us like Esau we have battered our birthright the Lord hasn't closed the door of repentance from you but certainly the opportunities that may have been there for you you've lost them but you've not lost eternal life there were opportunities that the Lord was bringing in the case of Esau Esau was still the door to go to heaven was still there for him but as for the one as for being the one who would um, be the lineage, the progenitor of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that was gone. That one was gone from him. But we can repent. Many of us, we have made decisions like Esau. We have battered our birthright. The Lord called us at a time and told us, don't do this or that, but we sold our birthright. We, we chose to sin against the Lord. We were fornicators or something else that we did, like Esau, chose the earthly things above the heavenly blessing. The Lord hasn't closed the door of repentance on you. He hasn't closed it on us. And what we need to do is ask God to give us true repentance. That we'll work out this carefulness and fear and zeal and indignation and clearing of ourselves. That we may be careful in all things to 
come back to the Lord. And whatever things need to be done in that regard, may the Lord give us the grace to do it through His Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, please grant to us true repentance. Help us, Lord, because of our own selves, we cannot work it out. If there are areas in our lives where we have, like Esau, battered our birthright, please forgive us our sins. We know that opportunities may have been lost, but we know that the opportunity to be in your kingdom, as far as we are living, there is still hope. Therefore, Lord, we pray that we do not lose that opportunity. Forgive us our sins, dear Lord, and grant us of your spirit. Indeed, we may also pray, Lord, please take not your Holy Spirit from us. Create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. And give us the grace, Lord, that whatever things need to be done from henceforth, as we repent of our sins, that you help us to see the exceeding sinfulness of sin and not be so concerned about the losses, temporal losses that we will incur when we turn away from our sins. But that we should be more careful concerning sinning against our Lord Jesus Christ. Shed your love abroad in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to be touched by the things you do for us, that in being touched, we may indeed be broken in our hearts and sorrow for our sins, that in, tem time, in times of temptations, we may, through this brokenness and love for God, not go back into our sins. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.